you turn with me in your Bibles to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5. I, I took a, a larger section last uh, week on purpose, and that's because it was dealing with uh, uh, the godly or the biblical pastor, and I, I really wanted to move through that. I didn't want to linger from week to week on that, and so we are going to slow down a little bit again as we move into chapter 5, and, and as Paul deals with the way in which the church ministers to its own, deals with its own. We're going to look at the first two verses of chapter 5 of 1 Timothy as we work our way through the pastoral epistles. 1 Timothy 5, verses 1 and 2. Do not sharply rebuke an older man, but rather appeal to him as a father, to the younger men as brothers the older women as mothers, and the younger women as sisters in all purity. And that is God's word. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you so much for your word, and we thank you that uh, it is uh, given to us by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that it is presented to us without error, that it has full authority over our lives. And we pray as we come to it this morning, we would do so with hungry hearts, submissive spirits, that you would be our teacher and our instructor and our guide. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the church is described in many different ways in the Bible, but one of the most frequent and one of the most powerful ways that the church is described is as a family. And we saw that back in chapter 3. In verse 15, where there Paul called the church the household of God. I pointed out then that one of the most frequent ways that God is described in the Bible in relation to his people is as our father. Throughout the Bible, the people of God are called his children. Those within the household of faith within the body of Christ, are referred to as brothers and sisters. We are a family, a family together in our relationships with one another through our mutual relationship with Jesus. Now, a family provides us with many things, doesn't it? It provides us with love and support and encouragement and direction, fellowship, instruction, admonition, correction, And that's what the church family is to do as well. You know, it's a blessing, isn't it? It's a blessing to be a part of a church family because of the personal benefits that we derive from it. You know, the church really is an amazing thing. Because as we focus on God and on others, as we worship God and serve others, as we give ourselves away, in our commitment to Christ and to others, we get so much in return. As we seek to bless God and be a blessing to others, His blessings just come rushing as a torrent back onto us. Now, the reality is that if you seek the blessings first, if you come to the church trying to get rather than to give, then the blessings are not nearly as great. 
But as you give to yourself to the Lord and give yourself to others to serve the body of Christ, you'll be blessed in return. As I said, love is the, the centerpiece of the family, and it's also the centerpiece of the church. Within the family and within the church, there's a sense of intimacy, of closeness, of openness, of care, and of love. But you know, sometimes within the family, there has to be a little correction, a little admonition, a little instruction, a little guidance. And that's the way it is in the church sometimes, too. And that's really the context in which Paul is giving us these words this morning in the first two verses of chapter 5. Remember, he's writing, Paul is writing this letter to Timothy, a young pastor, kind of telling him how to do church, how to conduct the ministry. And as a young minister, Timothy had to deal with men who were a good bit older than him. And sometimes... He might have to say something to an older person who needed some correction or instruction. And, and that really is what Paul is doing here, telling Timothy how to approach an older man uh, in terms of giving him some sort of guidance or correction. But having said that, I want us to look at this text this morning from a little broader lens. Because this text tells us, I think, about how we're to view our relationships with each other in the church. Paul breaks the, the church body down into four groups. The older men, the younger men, the older women, and the younger women. Then, of course, there are the children. Uh, even though they are not specifically mentioned in our text. We all know that the children are a significant part of the church and of the body of Christ. What did Jesus say? Suffer the little children. Do not hinder them. Permit them to come to me. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. The children are an important part of the family of God. But in our text, Paul is specifically referring to those of us who are no longer considered to be children. Now, all of us fit into one of these four categories. We're either male or female. We're either young or old. Now, there's no clear distinction as to when you move from one age category to the other. So I'm going to let you determine this morning where you fit within the context of these relationships in the body of Christ. But the question this morning before us is, what do those relationships look like? How are we to relate to one another as members of the body of Christ within the church? Well, first, uh, Paul talks about a relationship with those he calls the older men. He says in verse 1, do not sharply rebuke an older man, but rather appeal to him as a father. It's clear that the older men in the church were to be regarded with respect. They are to be regarded as fathers in the faith. Now again, you have to keep in mind that Timothy was a young pastor, again having to deal with older men, and this was a very valuable piece of instruction to him. 
Do not sharply rebuke an older man, but rather appeal to him, appeal to him as a father. Timothy was to look to the older men in the church with the same kind of respect and honor he was to give his own father. The principle that older men are to be given honor and respect runs all the way through the scriptures. If you look back in Leviticus 19, if you have your Bible, you can listen, but if you want to turn there, you can. Leviticus 19, in verse 32, God says, You shall rise up before the gray-headed and honor the aged, and you shall revere your God. I am the Lord. Go to Proverbs chapter 20. In verse 29, it says, The glory of young men is their strength, and the honor of old men is their gray hair. And then over to chapter, um, that's all in in Proverbs. Uh, The book of Exodus uh, tells us that uh, disrespect to Parents was a capital offense. He who curses his mother or father shall be put to death. And in the book of Lamentations, Jeremiah says that one of the reasons for Israel's demise was they did not respect their elders. Same kind of respect that we give to our earthly fathers ought to be rendered to our fathers in the faith and those who were the elder men among us. Second. Paul talks about a relationship with those he calls the younger men, where he also tells us to appeal to them, and to do so, he says, as brothers. And so, uh, Paul here divides the male population of the church between the fathers and the brothers. When we're at a presbytery meeting, and, or a meeting of the general assembly, a church court, many times men will address the court that way. They'll rise to speak And they'll say, fathers and brothers. I realize that I've gradually moved from one group to the other. Many years I was considered to be one of the younger men and a brother to most in the Presbytery. And now I am one of the older men and looked to more as a father. As hard as I might want to try to be regarded as a younger man, my gray hair and my wrinkles kind of of give me away. But that's not all bad either. Paul says to appeal to the younger men as brothers. And that term indicates a a kind of equality. You know, in many churches, the men will call each other brother. And it kind of reflects what what Paul is saying here about appealing to each other as brothers. Now, some churches, they only call the pastor brother. I'm not sure exactly why that is. But... It does show a real sense of equality, doesn't it? Among, at the foot of the cross, we're all equal. And we are brothers together, sons of the Father in the eyes of God. And again, in the context, Paul is talking about how you deal with someone who's struggling, someone who's stumbling, someone who may be falling. 
And he's telling Timothy, how do you go about that? Well, you, you do it with the older men. You appeal to them as fathers. You give them the honor of that. And, and you appeal to the younger men as brothers. And we trying to correct someone kind of at the same age. It's very important that you come to them at that, in that way, standing on the same ground with them, not trying to come at them with an air of superiority. You know, the Bible has some very interesting things to say about the way we correct one another in the church. You know, that, that famous passage in Matthew chapter 18, which is the classic passage on church discipline. You know, Jesus says, if your brother sins, go to him in private. If your brother sins, go to him in private. And if he listens to you, what? You have won your brother. In Galatians chapter 6 and in verse 1 Paul says this Galatians 6 1 Brethren or brothers if anyone is caught in any trespass you who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. You see, again, when someone's caught in a trespass or fallen into sin or stumbling, the admonition of the scripture is to go to that person and to go to them with a spirit of gentleness trying to restore them back into the fellowship of the church. Brotherly love, brotherly love is to characterize the church. We read that earlier from Romans 12 in our unison reading of Scripture. Be devoted to one another, Paul says, in brotherly love. Peter says, love the brotherhood. The writer of Hebrews says, let the love of the brothers or the brethren continue. The love of the brothers in the church is a wonderful thing, isn't it? You know, I hope that you men, you brothers in this church know that I love you. And there is no shame, men. There's no embarrassment in loving each other in Christ. That's what the scriptures admonish us to do, to consider ourselves to be brothers in the faith. Now, men struggle with that. It's a lot easier for women to bond and to connect and to share and to talk and to visit and to, than, than men. And sometimes we do ourselves, men, a great disservice because we won't allow other men into our lives. We don't allow other men to love us. To let the brothers really love us. You know, the peers uh, in the ministry who are open in their expressions of their love for me. One of the greatest things about going to Presbytery is hearing one of my fellow ministers come up and say, Swanee, I love you. Let the love of the brethren continue. What a wonderful thing the love of the brothers is in the church. And then Paul, thirdly, talks about our relationships with the older women. Okay, I'm going to be real careful here. I don't mind talking about the old men because I am one. But I get a little nervous talking about the older women. I don't see any older women here. Y'all all look so young and lovely. But 
But the reality is, you know, there is in the scripture a class of older women and older men in the church. Now let me begin by saying how thankful I am for both those groups in the church. I'm going to step back. I'm going to consider myself a brother for just a minute and not a father and say how much I appreciate the fathers and mothers, the older men and the older women in this church. They bring a wealth of experience to our fellowship. They bring a deep knowledge of God's word. And they bring a sense of maturity and stability that we so desperately need. Praise God for the older, mature, solid believers among us. And sometimes we do them a disservice. Because we talk a lot about the children. And we talk about a lot about how we want to attract young couples and young families to our church. And we ought not ever do that with any indication of any disrespect or appreciation for the fathers and mothers, the older men and the older women who are part of our ministry here at North Point. Well, here Paul says that we should refer to appeal to the older women as mothers. That means, again, we should regard them with the same kind of honor and respect we give to our earthly mothers. The fifth commandment says, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God gives you. And I know that's talking about the nuclear family, but it's no mistake that God refers to the church body as a family. And the same kind of honor that we give to our earthly mothers, we ought to give to the older women within the body of Christ. There were two women in the church in Philippi who were at odds with each other. I'm not sure they were older women, but I'm going to consider they were older women this morning. Yodia and Syntyche. They had uh, what we would call today, they had a falling out. (laughs) They had a disagreement so serious that Paul addressed it in the letter he wrote to the church named them by name but he went on to ask one particular individual in that church we're not sure exactly who it was but he specifically addressed one individual in that church and he said I want you to help these women Listen to what he said. He said, I don't want you to chastise them. I don't want you to jump on them. I don't want you to criticize them. I want you to help them. To do it with the honor and the respect that they are due. And then fourth, Paul talks about our relationships with the younger women. And he says that we are to deal with them as sisters. And he continues the family analogy here. He has talked about the older men, then the younger men, then the older women, and now the younger women. It was the fathers, the brothers, the mothers, and now the sisters. And as you read through this, you know, and just meditate on how Paul is talking here about the way we deal with each other in the churches, fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters it really shows the the kind of intimacy we ought to expect within the body of Christ how 
close our relationships ought to be in the family of God. We are like a family. And we ought to view each other in that light and deal with everyone with love and respect. Now the Bible does have a lot to say about different roles given to men and women in the church. But even though there are different roles, our status in the body of Christ is the same. Different roles do not reflect any sense of inequality. The men in the church are to give the older women in the church honor and respect. And Paul says here in verse 2 that they are to regard the younger women as sisters in all purity. Men are forbidden, warned against, looking at women in a lustful or impure way in general. But in particular, in the context of the church, purity is to characterize the relationships between men and women in the body of Christ. Now, that doesn't mean there can't be some expressions of physical affection or physical expressions of affection. If that were true, you know, I'd be in deep trouble. I'm a hugger. I hug you men just as much as I hug the women. Makes somebody real uncomfortable, doesn't it? But I take comfort in the fact that uh, five times in the Bible we're admonished to greet one another with a holy kiss. So certainly there's a place somewhere for a holy hug. But great care, great care needs to be taken there. Because Paul says we're to view the younger women as sisters in all purity. Our relationships with each other in the church ought to be characterized by purity and holiness before the Lord. And Paul knew how difficult that would be to maintain. And that's why he gives specific instructions and directions, especially to Timothy, a young pastor, in his relationship with other women in the church. Now you all know how a failure to maintain that kind of purity has plagued the church and done untold damage to it. Now I'm going to speak as a pastor for a moment because even though the passage applies to all of us, Paul is writing this to Timothy, a young pastor. The relationships that a pastor has with the women in the church is to be characterized by purity. We are in a position of trust. We are in a position of responsibility. We hold some sense of spiritual authority. We are sought out for our opinions, for our counsel, and for our advice. And many times women come to us, there are times of greatest weakness greatest vulnerability and need. God forbid that we would ever take advantage of that. 
We pastors must guard our hearts, guard our eyes, guard our emotions, and guard our hands. We must do what Paul says and flee temptation or to flee immorality. Every caution and every precaution is to be taken to avoid succumbing to temptations regarding the young women in the church that are in any way impure. I try to avoid being alone with women in my office. I've even asked someone to come sit in the building if I knew I was going to be counseling a woman by myself. I've asked mothers to stay while I've talked to their young children. If I know that someone's coming and I will be there unsupervised, I will call Cindy and say, I'm going to be over here. Someone's going to be over here with me. You simply cannot be too cautious. But that's not just true of pastors. It's true of all of us. We must look to one another and deal with each other in all purity. To do anything less is to besmirch the character of Christ and to do violence to his holiness. So what about relationships in the church? Let's kind of summarize what we've seen this morning. They're to be full of love and respect and appreciation and honor and humility and purity. Think about that. You regard the family of God the same way you regard your own family. Well, where do we find those kinds of attitudes? We find them most clearly displayed in the life of Jesus, don't we? He was full of love for others. He treated everyone with respect. He gave honor where honor was due. He was humble to the point of giving his life on the cross. And he was completely holy, living his life in complete purity. So whenever you struggle in any of these areas, if you struggle sometimes dealing with a, an older man as a father or an older woman as a mother or a younger man as a brother or a younger woman as a sister, in all purity, then look to Jesus. Follow his example. Obey his instructions. Rely on his strength. The harder it is, the more you need to look to him and rely on him. And remember Paul's admonition when he was struggling himself. He said, I can do all things. How? Through Christ who strengthens me family of God. What a wonderful thing, isn't it? Isn't it? So many of you have told me what a blessing being a part of the body of believers here at North Point is to you. How you feel loved. How you feel cared for. How you feel like there are people here who minister to you and pray for you or are interested in you. I know that's true because I find the same thing in my own life. What a blessing to be a part of the family of God. And to have relationships with each other within the family. To have fathers we can respect. Mothers we can honor. Brothers we can love. Sisters to whom we can minister. Let's pray, folks, that God would continue to build our body into what he wants it to be. To be the family of God. He desires that would glorify and honor him. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And how we pray uh, this morning that you would use our body to reflect the glory of Christ.
and that we might truly experience what it is to be a part of the family of God here. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to conclude by singing, In my life, be glorified. Let's let that be the prayer for our own lives and our church. Let's stand together.